Two friends taking pictures of the rising full moon on a summer night. Two teenage kids doing what teenage kids do. When a stranger with a gun and a death wish changed everything. It was violent, it was senseless, and I will never understand it, I will never accept it. I'm Amy Donaldson, and unfortunately, we're all too familiar with stories about how violence shatters lives. But what we rarely see is how they are rebuilt. In a new podcast, The Letter, we relive tragedy, but only so we can hear the rest of the story. The struggle to reclaim lives, the realities of grief, and the possibilities of forgiveness. I believe in miracles. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are, and this is a big one. Follow The Letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Inside Sources. Inside Sources with Boyd Matheson. Politicians love basking in the media limelight. We've talked about uh, many who have turned the institutions of government into platforms that they perform on uh, and get likes and hits and follows and campaign uh, contributions. And it's interesting, especially when they think there is good news that makes their side of the aisle look even better, then they really tout those things, numbers and uh, accomplishments. And it's so interesting because the partisans, both the left and the right, uh, are all too happy to promote the narrative on social media that, hey, look, we did this. Uh, One thing I've always said is that uh, far too many politicians are really, really good at running to the front of a parade uh, and taking credit for it. Uh, Other times they are just pointing out things that uh, may sound good, but when you look at the broader context, uh, maybe are not so good. Uh, Many times this is the case uh, of what we call reaching for the shiny object. Uh, It becomes a distraction. It's a distortion of what is really going on. And the important thing for all of us is to make sure that we get past the headlines, that we get past the texts and the tweets, and that we find the real story, because the real story is always a lot more complex. It's much more complicated than it looks. And sometimes it doesn't look so good. So I want to go through just some examples. We'll do some examples from the right and from the left uh, in terms of things that have been touted recently and taken credit for, when if you look a little deeper, uh, the results may not quite be what you're after. So under uh, President Joe Biden, uh, Democrats like to say that the supply chain issues are being ironed out and that they have had great success in reducing the number of containers being stuck in ports. Now, that sounds good. That sounds like an accomplishment. That sounds like that, that's something you should, you know, pound your chest a little bit out or at least, you know, put a good social media or press release out about. So, again, the Democrats are saying that the supply chain issues are being ironed out. The major reason is there are tremendous efforts to lower the percentage of containers being stuck in the port. Here's the problem with that particular piece of the puzzle. Is the reason the number is lower is because the boats are sitting out farther in the harbor. Think about that. (laughs) The boats, so nothing's moving any faster. Nothing's getting to your department store or to your business faster. It's just we have less of a congestion at the port because we have boats that are sitting 
just outside the line where they count as being in the harbor. So if they're past a certain uh, point, then they are not counted as being in the harbor, so they are not part of the supply chain problem, the bottleneck. It's also interesting to note that bigger retailers are using other ports, smaller ports, or setting up their own supply chain routes. So that's an interesting one where you could say, okay, let's let's cheer because we have we have fewer containers stuck at the port, but it's only because the boats are sitting far enough out in the harbor that they don't count as being in the port. So that's a good example of a shiny object. Now, under former President Trump, Republicans liked to tout President Trump's tax cut and argued that a record amount of money came into the federal government after they were passed, which is all true. But what good was that when they continued to increase spending at the same time, thus adding to the national debt and the deficit, not reducing it? So again, shiny object. Tax cuts were good. Amount of money that came in to the federal government through taxes actually increased, even though there were tax cuts. The amount the government collected went up. That's good. You should cheer for that. But it doesn't do anybody any good if you increase spending at the same time so that you add more to the debt and the deficit. So that's the real challenge in all of this. And so often we see people who, you know, they have that that, that little bit of information that they probably picked up off of social media. And then they're having a, a Twitter battle or a back and forth on Facebook with someone that they disagree with about a particular thing. And so they put down that big, big number or that really compelling quote or accomplishment that's being touted by one side or the other. Uh, and often there's just so much more to it that the the shiny objects are the real challenge uh, in all of this. And what we have to recognize is that the shiny objects are a distraction and they actually prevent us from having the more important conversations. So both left and right uh, continue to cheer for things that when you really look past the headline of it uh, may not be so cheer-worthy because the shiny object, uh, again, it always just sounds so good and it, and it gives you a little bit of hope and it gives you a little bit of optimism. It's like, okay, they can do it. We can get this done. Uh, and you have to be careful because often the shiny object is a shiny object for a reason, and that is to distract you from the other side of the equation or the downside of the argument. Uh, we've seen some of those things in, in terms of uh, pay increase. That's a shiny object. Wages have gone up in this country uh, over the past year. That is a good thing. That is a great thing. That is a thing we should celebrate. And inflation has gone up higher and bigger than at any point in history. Uh, so that's less good. Uh, it doesn't do you any good to make more money if you can, can't can buy as much as you did when you were making less money. So again, shiny object sounds good, uh, but what are the real results, the real bottom line? And so all of that requires what we talk about regularly on this show, and that is sometimes we just have to think again. And just because it sounds good or looks good or the people that uh, you vote for uh, say it's good doesn't necessarily mean it is good. You have to check that out yourself 
avoid the shiny object. It prevents us from getting to the real issues and the real conversation. We're going to go ahead and step aside for bottom of the hour news. When we come back, the last 100 years have been transformational time for the office of the presidency. But how did each president affect how the job gets done today? Author Ron Gruners is joining us to talk about the new book, We the Presidents, How American Presidents Shaped the Last Century. Stay with us. A stranger with a gun came upon two teens taking pictures under a rising full moon. But violence is only the beginning of this story. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are. And this is a big one. I'm Amy Donaldson, and I've spent my career talking about how lives are undone by violence. The Letter is a podcast about how lives are remade. Follow The Letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts. 